This is Kai Stewart, reading bedtime stories for nobody. Twelve years ago, on a cold, dark night in Brooklyn, I was living in a house called Barracks, with eight beds, a bathroom, and a kitchen. I was six years old, but I was still very young. I wasn't even thinking clearly enough to form a sentence yet. When we got outside, as a group, we started crying. You couldn't say anything. Everyone was crying, because this was all their first time. My dad was crying too, and then, for some reason, I felt sorry for all of us and cried too. My friends were crying too, and I felt guilty because my mom was too. Maybe I did it to make sure no one could feel hurt. Whatever the reason, I cried anyway. My friend Paul, who's then seven, cried until his chest was pink, and then he started crying, too. He was crying for real. I didn't try to stop, and so my friends started making noise. I felt helpless. A couple days later, my father came to us, screaming. We broke this wall. And at last, after six years, I found something to do. After five years, I moved into the upstairs flat that I grew up in. The kitchen, a small two-bedroom with two bathrooms. It was a huge apartment block, well-suited to three people, full of cool stuff. I was pretty much on my own in that flat. I never lived there for years. When I moved here, everyone was working, and now no one wants to live here. A lot of new buildings have been built for rent, with no floor space to rent these tiny, crappy rooms, unless you can afford it. The rents are sky high. During my teenage years, I'd often been frustrated, but when people wanted something, I did have an answer. I'd say, it's too bad it's no good. That was what she did on the street, and it led to a change of pace. I did not want to be in the same situation every day, but it, it also meant having a very clear direction, and to be completely aware of how I was dealing with people I was seeing, and being myself. It meant that I had an understanding of what I was doing, what was possible with myself, and then I felt comfortable in my own skin. If the same words weren't enough to get your point across, then you'd have to say something about yourself, and about how you feel physically. I think that's really the biggest thing to do with myself, is ju just to accept and acknowledge that I'm the one I am, and how I fit into the world around me. And that kind of acceptance and acceptance makes you feel more comfortable in yourself and in that community. And that allows you to explore, to change, to try new things. And that allows you to take your time in exploring the other person and finding their strengths. And what you find are more similarities and therefore more connection than differences. We want to understand, he tells us how to have positive experiences with the world and not avoid them. I'm in favor of not knowing everything there is to know about the world. But there are things we need to learn, even if we know that there are no absolute truths. It's just as important to know who to trust. When I was seven, that seemed very simple. I think it was just a fact of life in school with four houses, one of which had a basement. I didn't even notice it until I moved to another house later on. 
I think that's pretty typical for a lot of students. That doesn't always seem like it. I think that you're very sensitive and very focused on whatever's going on. My father had a tendency to speak like my older brother, who's more outgoing and... It's not outgoing. He'd speak like, you know, it's nice to be a child. And then he'd stop and just say, it's just my mom's way of saying that she's glad you can be a child. And you just go, huh? How? I don't need a mother. That's your way of saying she's happy with you too. Do you think you would have been upset had she not given you a mother? I don't know, it's not my job to tell you what to do, but I think she's like, I don't want people to feel bad about me because I'm a girl, and I want them to see that I'm just a normal person. Have there been times when, just for the sake of being clear, you were a bit unsure of the difference between a man's feelings and the feelings of another? In the last few weeks, I've become more and more aware of my feelings towards a male friend because of some things that he said to me that I thought I didn't understand. Although it's also true that he didn't think I understood him. I don't think he really did, but it is a possibility. This is not accept this has not affected my relationships with my friends. The male friend is still my friend, but he's also an adult who's been through some important and painful life changes. But, but my relationship with my male friend is also one that's different than mine. Have there been times when, like that flat above the barracks, I'd be on my own, unable to find anyone and wondering what might happen to the place beyond my wall? Her head snapped down, and she started on her usual errands. It might have been because of the lack of a proper bathroom, but the lack of a restroom itself had her curious. It was because she wanted to explore. She wanted to discover if the people who lived on this land were true witches, and she knew they were. But it could be said that if they had lived here in this village for far too long now, they'd know what they were talking about much better than she had now. Not even Merlin, a man so skilled at creating magical objects, had ever found that many soiled sheets in that one room. This was because the girl had been raised here. This wasn't something she could just assume. It wasn't her imagination, and she was the one keeping her busy. The young woman sighed, sitting back down again, as she felt a hand on her sh shoulder. Well, you probably need to go fetch your stuff when you leave. Do you mind? This was the girl's first reply of a normal conversation that hadn't been one of concern, but perhaps more about wanting that book that wasn't hers. Grimacing slightly, he turned to see she was holding the book up to her face with a bright smile. In fact, she almost immediately grabbed it and laid it onto the floor. It's mine, remember? It's yours, he muttered, eyes half closed. He closed his eyes for a moment and he felt something warm being pressed against his chest. He could hear her softly whispering in his ear. The books were just the first of her series. 
The others were coming together as well. As she thought about this, something struck her. As she got out of the elevator, she looked back at the floor below. Not even an instant after, she felt a gentle tug on her leg. It didn't even feel like a hug. It felt like someone wearing a shirt over her foot, trying desperately not to walk into it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I guess I should have known I was in a weird place. She knew that there was a reason why she ended up in this place, but still she couldn't get over it. Her hands were shaking. Her body was trembling as she listened to a voice in her head. She looked up, uh, up at her teacher. His skin was a pale olive, and he wore a pair of green trousers. The top part was pulled over the front right half of his torso, while the front left half was pulled to expose his chest. The belt was slung above the knees, with the shirt buttoned up to his stomach. I got the impression that my friend was going to turn his whole body into a gigantic boot heel for a short time. Well then, good morning, said Makoto. It seems that there was finally no way out this time. You mean you know that I am also getting turned into a giant boot heel? To put it bluntly, I am too scared to get a good view of the face of my childhood friend. Ah, uh, that's all right. I, I know about that kind of thing. I'll start acting like this after breakfast. It will be delicious after breakfast. He is telling such a sweet story. Makoto is still sleeping with the side of her legs towards the wall. I wonder, does that mean she just lost her legs? Just to make the situation even worse, the ceiling of this room has only been raised three inches from the floor. I am currently holding a large wooden spoon full of porridge and stuffing. With two fingers, the spoon is currently stuck to the floor. Even a thin blade with an impossibly delicate yet perfect shape would be too heavy for this thick blade. If one wants to remove the spoon, then one would need to cut the blade with a sharp blade. Therefore, there must be an excellent one. If there is nobody who has a similar-looking blade with a similar appearance than myself, then how could I be able to remove it? What are you thinking? The second voice echoed through the hall, and in this place, there weren't many people around, but instead was a large gathering. Just as the two parties had gathered, in the dining hall, there was already an enormous bowl that was filled with soup, and yet, as soon as the bowl that was filled with soup was filled with food, the bowl gradually turned into soup soup. The two parties were eating and drinking with smiles while drinking the soup. There are a lot of people like that, but it's hard to imagine why they would gather here. And that's why the tables were overflowing with people at that moment. The two people are getting in the middle of getting in the mood to eat, but after drinking a few sake and soup, they feel quite hungry. They take their mouths down to the table and eat. It's that good, even in the best of times, and you want to taste each bite. And when they're done, they all go home with a bottle of red wine in their mouths. If you leave one alone, it'll dry out and taste bitter, and in the morning it's gone. My favorite, if I had to pick one, would be The Lonesome Crowd. The first thing that pops into your head when you hear the song The Lonesome Crowd is that it's kind of an anthem about love and life, 
a sort of message to each other. It's more about how people treat others because they don't understand what everyone is going through in life. There's a lyric in the song that I like to call, I don't mean I like to take it literally, but it's like saying, I hate your heart, but everything I see is beautiful. A sort of personal song about being alone to the point of being cold and bitter. I hate my life, but everything I see in life is perfect. It's an incredible song for me because I was really struggling and I love the song so much because it captures it in a whole new way. It takes away the bitterness about the world and by embracing this feeling of being alone and this pain that's just so easy to hide, you're able to see it for what it really is. Beauty. And I hope it's just starting to feel like it and that it's beginning to take hold in my life. I hope everyone enjoys the lonesome crowd as much as I do, but sometimes you can't. There are moments when you can't give them a direct explanation in my mind. And the movies are the only games we play, and you can't put your foot away. And that's not entirely what I'm writing about in this story, but it's kind of hard not to think about that as the ending of this story. So, I was not on your radar. It's really sad. There's no love in this world. You never should have made it. Don't let me down and I'm on your side. And I know how hard it is to do this and I know when I'm supposed to and why don't we get together? No problem. I mean, who knows what we're going to do, but you're always right. I guess we're a little closer than I thought. How lucky you are to be here. You're so special.